Welcome to the Glee Man's Apprentice, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your Glee Man, Twish Avery. And I am his apprentice, Mandy Cat. Cat has already read the first four books of the series, there are always potential spoilers up through the Shadow Rising. And after that, I'll be reading the rest of the books for the very first time with my Glee Man, Twitch. Welcome back to the Glee Man's Apprentice. I, of course, am your Glee Man, Twitch Avery. And I'm his apprentice, Mandy Gap. And uh, today we are just cruising on through with the Fires of Heaven. We uh, sure book are. five. And we're going to do chapters uh, two, Ruidian, three, Twilight, and four, Among the Wise Ones. Ooh. Right? Sounds like a Robert Frost poem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, before we do that, how was your week? It was good. We wrapped up the play at last. Uh, I finally got a vest to cover my poor expanding stomach. I did the math today and realized I'd gained 14 pounds since starting a few months ago. So just imagine the costumes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's done with. We got a ton of snow and I went skiing nice it was sticky but I was worth it because I don't know how much longer I can ski yeah and no, now it's cold the kids the kids played outside yesterday it wasn't yeah. too bad and then we woke up this morning to negative 10 degrees and they were like what the heck yeah yeah Max spent uh Saturday night here nice so it's always fun to have them over here mm-hmm. um but yeah, we uh, Lincoln had already seen the play, but he really wanted to go again, and so I had bought, I had purchased tickets for uh, yesterday's, you know, closing, <laughs> closing night in the midst of a winter storm. No big deal. And uh, um, it was fun. It was you know a community theater. Yeah, but it sounds like you guys had some, you some issues. You were show um, because we had a delay. There were approximately. Three support staff of importance, including the pianist, the lights, and the sounds that had to be replaced last minute. So it was, it was great. Yeah. A lot of miscues. Uh, Whatever. I seriously don't care. I was like, we're done. It's over, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's over. It it was good while it lasted. Right on. Right on. Well, uh, should we just jump right into 
Rudian. chapters. All right, chapter two, Rudian. We're still in Rand's point of view, or we are returned to Rand's point of view. Yes. Who we left in Rudian. We kind of left in Rudian. I guess he went back to Alcard Dahl at the end of the book. Yeah, yeah, we left him at Alcard, but okay. we left him in the Waste, right? So Same thing. All right. Because <laughs> the Waste is pretty much just Alcard Dahl and Rudian. The things that stood out to me in this chapter include... Uh, Moraine is, uh, she's with the peddlers, right? Kadir included in salvaging all the, the, uh, so she's destroyed cl- Songreal, Tongreal, Angreal, and the wreckage of Ruidian from Rand's fight with Asmodian. There's a lot there that is not destroyed. And so she, yeah, yeah so she's, 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 she's pretty much packing up everything. Yeah, she's, she's taking the lead, and I'm just sitting there going, I wouldn't trust Kadir. I wouldn't trust the peddlers with, like... Uh, these are priceless, right? Absolutely priceless. Yeah. But I just straight up wouldn't trust them. I can't believe she trusts them, unless she can do a ward where they don't steal the items or peddle them. You know yeah. what I mean? You're a fool, Moraine. That, that, maybe. Maybe. Okay, Lan even has to help a fella who half slipped into the <laughs> twisted doorway. I just thought this was funny. We all know the twisted doorway is Matt's doorway to the foxy people. Yep, yep. Luckily, he didn't like it cut in half or something. Yeah, yeah, it was really difficult to move, so the guy fell in, and then Lan just grabs him, plops him on the street, and like just like NBD, quit being a little brat. Yep, yep. And that's when Moraine is like, no, it has to be moved. And Rand is noting all... The people listen to this Aes Sedai, but they probably would have listened to her either way. Oh, they're she, listening because she's Aes Sedai. She, she's very queenly. She's very, you but know, her attitude stately. is that she's... of, listen to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a cute scene with that fella in the doorway. It, it's hilarious. <laughs> now, can you not think that's hilarious? I know. Um, right. Also, worth noting, plants are starting to grow. The Aiel have been watering them from the lake that had appeared at the end of the fight with Asmodeon. Yeah. So that's kind of pretty. This really will be a city. It's It, it already is a city. It now it has a, a lake right you know nearby. and It'll be not a ghost town. People are, it looks like people are probably going to start inhabiting it. That's cool. And he's just thinking about how much changed. So this chapter is really... A lot of just kind of like setting the scene, right? S- setting the scene and a lot of recap. Yep. Like he um, he kind of like re-explains who everybody is, right? Yeah. The cast of characters. And I tried to skip a lot of that, but Rand is meeting with the clans chiefs, and and there's kind of a note how they he makes a point to sit on a cushion like the others because there is a chair in the room, but the symbolism of said chair is very distinct in Ayel culture as only. Um, clans chiefs can use them for specific circumstances. Yes. So yes. Rand is careful not to. However, only six out of twelve clans chiefs are present. So that does include uh, Ruark, Han, Bale, Jaren, Bruan, and Aram. So, did you want to read about the chair? The only chairs in the waste were chiefs' chairs, used only by the chief and only for three reasons: to be acclaimed as clan chief to accept the submission of an enemy with honor or to pass judgment. Taking the chair with these men now would imply that he meant to do one of those. So Rand was careful not to do that. Exactly, exactly. He definitely wants to ignore offending these men in any way. So then only half the clansmen are there. You know, this is just, again, kind of conversation piece. He's basically talking about... 
how is he going to get the rest of the clans to yeah. join him? Or? He's really, and I'll comment on this later, he's desperate to fulfill the prophecy of uniting the Aiel. And I think this is part of it. Like, how am I going to unite you when, you know, even you're not here? And I'll touch on that again later. But Well, he's prophesied to, like, break them, right? Yeah, and, kind and of, unite them. Yeah. And then... Han whines that the general Aiel population found out about the history and way of the leaf, which they shouldn't have, but Rand did not want them living a lie, and he is there to break them after all, so there it is. He's just remembering, reminding them, like, this is the prophecy, like, I had to break you. I would say that kind of makes sense. It broke their spirit a little bit. Like, what if that is the breaking? Like, you guys, yeah. here's your truth, well, here's I, your history, Yeah. So I they, broke you, done. It, I, I don't know how many notes you have on this particular conversation, but they talk about how people from each clan have just dropped the spear and walked away. And they've, they've been calling it... Do you write down what they've been calling nope. it? I didn't write that part down. Uh, the bleakness. They've been calling uh, it the bleakness. They, the just, bleakness they just stare off the into lights. nowhere for like hours and then just Sorry. eventually drop their spears and just walk away. Um... Some of them have been demanded to be taken guy shine. Yeah. And so it's it's all... I'm smiling right now because I'm like, that's pathetic. But I guess <laughs> their warrior culture, right? I'm trying to, like, compare it to anything I know. And I'm just like, oh, grow up. I, I, I feel the same way. Like, I've thought about it in, in listening to these chapters. And I'm just like, is there anything that would make me just drop my life and walk away? Like, yeah. I I mean, we all come from some pretty sordid history. Like, if you don't have some sort of, like, bad ancestor or, like, an ancestor that did some questionable things, right. I don't know how you got here. You know what I mean? Like, like we all come from questionable... I mean, there's, there's questionable decisions in all of our histories, right? Yeah, yeah. So, would... Learning about your... Like, like I'm a direct descendant of Joseph uh, Smith and Hiram Smith, who founded the Mormon Church, and they did some pretty shitty things on their way to Utah. You know, like yeah. they, they, they were horrible women. They, they did some pretty shady things. Is it gonna make me like stop living life? Yeah, you know? I, I know it's this whole. It's like, but you aren't your ancestor. Like that's my. Yeah. But clearly, they're trying to express. The Aiel are very, whatever, historic people. All it's about all about... Jito and... Jito, honor and obligation. And the fact that they broke their vow to never carry a weapon <laughs> or do harm. Uh, and then their ancestors did, yeah. you know, break that vow. Um, it's the... They, that's, there's no honor in that. So the fact, so in their minds, they came from a very dishonorable. Dishonor act. on y'all. Yeah. But it's like I, get the fuck over it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like you are so tough and gruff. This is like one little emotional dissonance that's gonna break you. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Get over it. It's it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I. Yeah. I again. I respect Gito. Oh, okay, Gito. The last battle's coming. You. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I did take note that it has been made clear the Shido will not be joining the clan's chiefs 
And I made a note, sounds like some of those deflecting Aiel of the other clans are joining the Shido. So we get a lot of we get a lot of descriptions on societies. Yeah. And the difference between societies and clans. And like if there, confusing, if but... there are two uh feuding clans, the you know, the clansmen and women won't attack a member of their society. Uh, so, for instance, the, there's only one female society among the the Aiel, and that's, the, you know, the maidens of the spear. And so they will not... So a woman won't attack another woman. Got it. Um, we also know that like Gaul is a stone dog, so if so, stone dogs won't attack stone dogs. You know, it's it's even it's if almost the stone like, dog deflected Shido, they're not gonna yeah attack because yeah. Jito is is Jito. <laughs> it's and it's just yeah. yeah okay. So, but that's important to note because it does seem like don't give them any more people because if there is gonna be a physical <laughs> violent breaking, it's gonna be the Shido. Well, so probably That's, that that would be a good prediction. Careful, um, different part. Rand is asking of news over the Dragon Wall, and they're like, "Well, not much to report." And Jaren and Bar- Bale both are agreeing. Suddenly, they must be frenemies. Is that okay? No, they hate each other. Yeah, yeah. I call it frenemy because I don't think there's any frenemy that actually likes each other. Okay, okay, um, but there's like no but friendship. They have to hang out together whatsoever. They just they're they're dealing with each other because of the piece of, of Ruidian. But there's RJ humor because they keep agreeing in this moments. But overall, the Kyrenians should have been left to starve, and they're just tree killers after all. And it, so they just had different moments where one looks like he's in complete agreement with the other and shocked. To be agreeing with the other. Did you cringe at all when they were just like nonchalantly say you should have just left the tree killers to starve or or tree killers are good for nothing but killing or selling to Shara for uh, slaves? You know, I was like, what? I actually did not cringe because they've made that point so clear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you're right. It's still one of these like it's, get over your answer. Like there are so many people in the fandom, and I, and I also love the IO. I, I'm fascinated by their culture. But there are so many people in the fandom who just love the IO culture, and in in my mind, they're kind of horrible people. <laughs> they're, they're clearly jerks. I mean, the the it's I say that only because it's not my culture, but they're, they're very like blunt into the point and uh yeah the gto of like honor cloud it's like honor is clouding their vision yeah <laughs> so yep. yeah I, I don't disagree with you it's a little hard sometimes but then um clearly i wasn't too interested in all that it did feel a lot of review it, it was a lot of review okay. and i couldn't remember exactly how much we've already gotten and how much you know what i mean because well, I think, I think got, a lot of the society stuff was a little little bit new, but... A little bit new, but not. But it's just but, always stuff I kind of sort of put on my back burner because I'm just like, I don't know, there's a lot with you guys. One thing he does really well is he will give you descriptors in one book and then in the next book or the next time you see Explain them, it. <laughs> he'll give you more descriptors okay. on top of the ones he's already... So he'll already he'll give you the ones he's already given you and then kind of fill, you know, kind of fill in the details a little bit. So you you slowly learn more about their culture as our characters are are okay. slowly learning more about their culture. So that I, makes sense. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah. 
So my next main point, and I have more to this because apparently I found it more interesting, but Moraine and Aguin come to interrupt. Um, and the clan chiefs are pretty much done with conversation, so they do take leave. And Moraine just says, wagons are packed for Tarvalon. And again, I'm like, um, Moraine, I want you to get news of all the shit that went down before, you know, the Red Aja and all that. Um, yeah. And whatever black, I still think there's black Aja in the tower. Get the goods that you're packing to your sister Suan, who is not there. No. <sighs> anyway, panic there's, moment for me. Yeah, she doesn't know. They didn't have instant messages. They they don't fucking have texts. They don't You'd have Facebook. Think a dreamwalker would have dreamed something. I'm sorry. Well, the, the I mean the dreamwalkers don't give a shit about what happens in Tarvalon. This is they true. they they don't like. They're only yeah. Like they they don't they don't give a shit about what happens um, west of the Dragon Wall, which they call the you know the the mountain range that separates. The yeah. Aiel Waste. Should we look at the map? The Ural Mountains, but that's definitely <laughs> in Europe and Asia. So. <laughs> well, I mean that that'll work though, right? It's, yeah. it, it, There's the east kind of, side, west side. Yep. Um. Anyway, Maureen, I think she's asking permission because then Rand basically mocks her. Oh my gosh, you're gonna ask me for the first time ever, and then he feels a whip of the power on his back. Like it's clearly the power. There isn't an actual whip. And he's just like ready. He's he's ready to like throw it right back at them, thinking it was probably a queen because she's yep. been nasty to him before. Yep, yep. He gets and I pissed. I actually don't blame him. That would that's something that would probably piss me off. Like that's uncalled for. He teased you. Use your words. Yeah, yeah. Tease him back. Fine. Yeah. But obviously, that's one of those. I don't know. I don't blame him for being. <laughs> he doesn't act on it. Don't worry. We we we've seen in previous books that sometimes people, and and like in these books, I hate to say it, but in these books it tends to be a female character will lash out, right? Yeah. Like like we have file slapping pair, and we have yeah. this whipping. I think we had. Egwene's done stuff before. Yeah, like too. like I. I think Egwene and just, Elaine doing the. Or was it naive? No, it was it, it was a Gwyn, uh Elaine when they when they kind of pinched yeah pinched yeah. him and then like yeah. well he pinched one of them and then they like in, in return though I feel like they did something first anyway he does not but there's a note yes he still feels the taint and he just has this like self reflection piece of like noting how Egwene is becoming more isodized yeah than the French he grew up with. So kind of the separation between the two of them. He doesn't, he, he doesn't know if he can trust her any more than he can trust Moraine, and that makes him sad. Yeah. And so this whole time, there's been heart music in the back. Well, it's actually Jason Nottail doing his glee man, quote-unquote, um, just chilling in the corner, practicing harp. So it's yep. kind of funny. So this is the point where um, they want to keep talking. Egwene, I think, wants to keep talking. Is it just Egwene? Or both yeah. of them. And well, they kind of are like, what about this Glee Man shit? And Moraine's like, you can talk in front of him. Well, exactly. Yeah, Mor Moraine, Moraine's like, if I, I would like, you know, some privacy. And the only other people that are in the room are him, or are the Glee Man, you're right, Jason Mattel and Egwene. So yeah. he knows that she's talking, obviously, about Jason Mattel. But and he's just like... Huge emphasis. He must know Natale's whereabouts at all times. Yep. And um, he's not concerned about what Nottail learns. It is, I cannot lose track of this. Yeah. Forsaken, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like, he's, 
at this point, he's pretty confident that he has a very strong grip on the situation with, with Natal. And I, I mean, I hope so, but... And, I mean, he, he's assuming so, right? Like, yeah. he believes that Natale is in a situation where he doesn't have a choice. He still doesn't trust him yeah. enough to let him out of his sight, but he does trust him enough to... You know, he's he's not worried about him running off to the other Forsaken. Yeah. So that that's so he's, the other he's Forsaken. Yeah. They'll probably kill him. So he. You it's know. a good trap to be in. Anyways, we'll we'll get to that. We they do. talk about we that do. later. So you're right. But and but I he, do want to say it's really weird that Marine has no idea of a Forsaken in her presence. Is it because they're that good? Is it because they're not dark enough to be sensed as dark? I mean. Or is her dark sensor only for dark beings? Like, oh, well, let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever known a secret that somebody was keeping and that they didn't know that you knew it? Oh, all the fucking time. Knew, Hello, being a therapist. You knew <laughs> that you divulging the fact that you know about that, that secret won't really do any good and may do more harm. So okay. you just you just allow that secret. I'm just, I'm just saying. Do you so think it's she, possible it's that Moraine does know? Okay. I mean, because it was kind of like the whole thing that happened at El Cardal with the bubble coming up and then him disappearing with, you know, disappearing, just disappearing, and and then uh, uh, showing back up with Jason and Tail, who wasn't there before. Like you don't like you don't think that's suspicious you don't think well i do but i don't know you don't you don't think moraine would think that right. was just, moraine's a smart person she's and to be fair he won't let her talk period yeah so. kind of like but what i'm doing right now Sorry. this is where <laughs> she's finally like whatever you little bitch and she reveals what she wants to show and it's a quendalar disc from the uh it's still whole so it's one seventh of the dark one's prison right it's yeah. the uh dark it's one mark of the seals the... yeah it's it's flame it's, belong. Yep, it's the it's the yin yang. Yep. Symbol, right? There. And all she does, she takes out a little pocket knife and basically flakes away bits of it with a pocket knife. Now that is unheard of. Quendalar does not break. Oh shit. Anyone at this point can break open the Dark One's prison. <gasps> yeah. That's what we learn. Well it could shatter. Three are already broken. Yeah. And now this one is just flaking. Basically you can you can cut it like like a piece of butter that you just grabbed, you know, that you just pulled yeah. out of the, out of the cooler. So that's a big deal. That's pretty bad. Yeah. And then Moraine's just like, Rand, tell me your plans," and goading him to the extent he does finally build, spill the beans. If you want to read what he says on page ninety-six. I do have a plan. First, I mean to put an end to the wars and killing, whether I start them or not. If men have to kill, let them kill Trollocs, not each other. In the Isle War, four clans crossed the Dragon Wall and had their way for better than two years. They looted and burned Kyrian, defeated every army sent against them. They could have taken Tarvalon had they wanted. The tower couldn't have stopped them because of your three oaths. Not to use the power as a weapon except against Shadowspawn or Dark Friends or in defense of their own lives. That was another of the oaths. Four clans did that. What will happen when I lead 11 across the spine of the world? It would have to be 11 because there's no chance of getting the, the Shido. By the time the nations even think of uniting, it will be too late. They'll accept my peace or I'll be buried in the Conbriat. 
and then there's a little discordant plunk rose from the harp. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, basically, <laughs> Rand finally says his plans, and um, Maureen's not happy. You kind of mentioned that before, right? She's like, don't waste your time with that. And he's like, no, i got to waste my time with that. Yep. Um, and I'm pretty sure she gets pissed, walks out. Then Egwene stays on to chide Rand. She basically tells him that like taking the aisle across is going to be the worst thing that he can do. Yeah. It's, and, uh... Well, and, and it is, in fairness, concern of starting an uprising on the other side of the Dragon Wall where people are going to lessen their belief that he could be Dragon if he's with the Aiel, right? That's the gist of it. Yeah. 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 It's, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. She's but it, the reason. It, it, I mean, it, but it seems like she, like, in his mind, she wants him to, like, just go after each... You know, forsaken one by one and take them out. And she's like, he's like, what if I did attack Samael, an yeah. alien, and I find that there's three or four more waiting with him? You know, I don't know where all of them are. I know where Samael is, and that's the only one I'm sure of. Yeah. So who knows what I'd be going into? And she's like, well, you could have done that if you would have kept calendar, you idiot. So yeah, there's a bunch okay. of there's a bunch she of recap. Sounds like or, land fear. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, um, and seeing Egwene just saying, quit being a bitch to Moraine. Also, Moraine was the one to hit you with the power. So Moraine did lose her temper. <gasps> he, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of alludes that it was her, and she slightly shakes her head, giving the lie away, proving that, no, it wasn't her. It was actually Moraine. So, um, I don't know, anything else you wanted to note from that it, chapter? It really was an overview of, let's kind of catch up where we are in a couple world events. So I do just want to touch on the fact that she's like, so, what's a conbriot? And he's like, oh, it's just something I heard of once. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, I don't uh, think I made a huge note of these, but he is starting to be a bit Matt-ish, isn't he? Uh, he's kind there's there's there some, uh, Yeah, there are things that... that how does well, he know it? Well, earlier in the chapter, he called Moraine little sister. Yeah. And that was weird. And he even thought, like, after he said it, he was like, that was weird. Why the fuck would I call yeah. Moraine little sister? And he's not condescending as Rand. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. And and when he said that, she seemed a little shaken. She was like, "What? Where? Where?" And and that was one of the times okay. when when Egwene was like, "I mean, most most of uh, Egwene's dialogue is just basically saying you are such a uh, cocky piece of shit right now. I can't believe like she yes. says things like, like she, a melon isn't could never be as swollen as your head. Yeah, she's like, you're being such a fucking also, dick." I do think, I like, it feels like he, they're telling him, take on all these forsaken. And I'm like, he is the tiny little sheep herder with the great dark night. Like, I'm picturing a cartoon where something is, you know, one million times his size coming out of the earth. I'm like, is he going against the dark one? Yeah. Shut your faces. He's yeah. not being, he's trying his best. Yeah. But he is a sheep herder. I mean, he's trying to learn. And she's getting impatient. and 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 a lot of it is, like she says, she makes a statement about, because she actually tells him that she's going to be going to Tarvalin. We also skipped oh, over that. Oh, yeah. And she's Good like, luck, I, ladies. I need, right now, uh, Swan Sanche will be, you know, talking to all the rulers of every nation, telling them the Dragon Reborn is, is here, and we, the, the tower is supporting him. 
I mean, she doesn't know no. that that's actually not happening. But that's what she thinks. She thinks yeah. right now Swan Sanche is lobbying for your, you know, in your name. And I need to be there to make sure things move. And if you're not going to let me guide you, then then my place should be in Tarvalon, you know. And that's how she plans to keep Kadir from stealing all of her stuff. Yeah. Right. Good luck, Maria. You're yeah. going to have an interesting adventure. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't have much to comment on that chapter, really. It was just setting it's, the scene, it's, Yeah, right? it's a recap. It's a, it's a scene set. It's, yep, it's, it's and, and really, this next chapter is, too. Like, all three of these chapters, in a lot of ways, are just kind of, like, reminding us of what happened in the last book. The next one's right? a bit more interesting, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> chapter three, Pale Shadows, and it starts off with the dice emoji picture. Yeah. So, I gotta say, because I thought it'd be a matte chapter, but no, it starts with Rand's But it's still... There's Matt in there. Matt is in there. But, okay. There's Rand, a lot of Rand, and then we get uh, to Matt. It starts out because when the last chapter ended, his wine goblet is floating to him. As oh, we yeah, we skipped over that. And then it starts with him just blowing up at Natal. You do not use magic while anyone is in the room. And, you know, Natal's like, chill. They would have thought it was just you, and you need a drink, bud. Yeah, yeah. So, and like, isn't, <laughs> isn't it one of my duties as your court bard, as the bard of the Dragon Reborn? Yeah, that's great. Yep. He's like, I'm court bard. At I'm not this a point. glee man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the Dragon Reborn's glee man. I'm yes, your bard. Bitch. I did write that down actually. <laughs> so anyway, Natal gives a non-apology, insisting the whole no. She would have just thought it was you. And we get review. Landveer still has Natal mostly bound from the power. Yep, yep. I mean, remember she tied she yep. tied the weave off, so he's it'll he's fade, shielded. but he's still mostly bound. But. Using an inverted flow, the other Aes Sedai cannot see. That's interesting. So we just learned there's another skill. Yeah. That you can invert stuff so others can't actually see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can Which hide your weaves. That's... Great, because I just never questioned. I didn't know you could see weaves, I guess. I mean, I knew you could see the power in use, but I didn't assume an active weave would be considered... So they talk about it in this yeah. chapter, actually. So I think it'll be because I, I don't know. If oh, you I probably didn't it write down. it down. So I'll I'll touch on it really fast because they do talk about it in this way. We can skim over it later. Um, basically, the the way the power works for both men and women is men, just like men tend to be, and I know it's not always that way, but men tend to be, you know, stronger in physical strength than women. That's kind of how it is in the in the power. That's how Asmodian explains it. But uh, um, women can see each other's weaves. Men cannot. Men cannot see women's weaves. No, they can't see each other's weaves. They can't see men's weaves either. Yeah, and they can't oh. feel. They they can't. But women can't see men's weaves. No, 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 no. None of them can see like the women can't see men's. Men's can't see women's. But yeah. women can see other women weaving the power. Okay. Men cannot see other men weaving the power. Um. They can sense them channeling and okay. they can sense and they can get an idea of their strength. Okay. But not much. Like it's not whereas women can stand next to each other and and just Judge each other. automatically tell which one's more powerful. Go figure. Um at least the more practice you get, right? Okay. So okay. so so yeah, so there's that huge difference between how, you know, how the two powers work. I mean, there's a lot of differences, but... 
And they do emphasize again, Rand depends on Nautil for lessons of the power because he is a male channeler who's been trained. But remember, don't let others know he's been working with the Forsaken or he'd be dead on the spot as well. Yeah, so. yeah they'd both probably be executed immediately. And review, no turning back for Natel. The other Forsaken will kill him, including Semeridge. Is this the first time we heard of Semeridge? I think this might be the reference, the first reference of Semeridge. Okay. Um, we not, might not have got we it. might have gotten it in the prologue when they were talking. Yeah, with the other. But Forsaken. I don't think so. I don't think they mentioned Semeridge. So Rand confirms what Lanfear told Natel that he remembers nothing of being Luz. So Lanfear had been talking to Natel about. Rand just doesn't remember. Um, there's some indication from Natel that Luz may have had a plan back in the day with Lanfear. And I it doesn't say what plan. It's like about defeating the Dark One? Or was it about teaching his future reincarnated self? Um, and then I just, just I went from there in my head. Was Lanfear ever actually locked away? She seemed to be the first one out and about. Well, Unless Ishmael was. Ishmael, I mean, Ishmael was, and then yeah. Agenor and Balthamel said that they were closest to the actual, like, pattern, right? So they were, after Ishmael, they were the first to pop out. So I think Lanfear probably popped out shortly after the twins. Yeah. She's sneaky. The evil, aged twins. So, so we're getting a little bit of... Again, confirmation again, Luz and Lanfear really were a thing. Yeah, so. yeah, they were a couple. Um, Natel tells Rand it's easier to teach certain things when they are linked. However, that actually means requiring a woman yeah. who channels, not a man who channels. Yeah. They need, and Matt, for and, certain and, and, certain lessons, they just need a woman to And help. Rand thinks that he's lying. <laughs> Um, because he knows the women can link, and that's another. This is another. This this is where they get into the whole explanation. Okay. Okay. And because women can link with each other up to thirteen, men cannot link with each other unless they have a woman to, to link with. So a man and a woman can link, and then once that's happened, more men can link. Hmm. But women can link with each other all the way up which to thirteen. We've, which we've seen. We've seen like the Elaine naive. I think here and there, yeah, power like, up a little bit, yeah, uh, it, I, I, not often. Have we? Have we? I have we seen so. them linking? I think when they were trapped in that log house with the smelly traders, um, when they had just met the maidens. Oh, I don't remember if they linked back. In I the feel. Dragon I Born. feel there's things that have hinted they've linked. Okay, and maybe it's not a true link, but to me it seems obvious. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. Anyway, interesting to know, Moraine can only tell the truth because of her oaths, but this includes perceived truths that may not be based on facts. So, like, historical truths that yeah. actually aren't true. Yeah. Natel makes a point of, like, okay, Moraine says that about history or whatever, and yeah. I don't remember the specific he highlights, but remember, what Moraine learned as truth might not actually be true. Therefore, the oaths aren't 100% accurate. So so let's let's take it to like uh more like topical for us. Um if somebody would have asked <clears throat> 10 or 12 year old me uh you know about Columbus, I would have told them that he was a really nice guy, came over, was really nice to the Indians, you know, cuz that's what I learned. In school, right. and I would have believed that that was the truth. 
you know, you know right. what I mean. So, so and that that's would have this, been this, your this, truth. Yes. Yeah. So th- that's kind of how how this is. It's 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 a perceived truth, but to them, that's what they know. So anyway, um, I just think great. So some of the historical facts we've learned so far may not be facts at all. Great. Thousands of years, Thanks, you know. It's, it's it's hard to keep an accurate. They record, do emphasize you know? it over and over, but um. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to read some of Natale's guesses of the Forsaken Whereabouts on page 105. Also, apparent Megidian is called the Spider, which I thought was great. What a great nickname. Is that the first time we've heard that? Yeah. Well, the first time I caught it. Okay. No, I think you're right. Um, 105? Mm-hmm. That's right. So he asks, uh, what more can you tell me about the Forsaken? I have told you all, everything I know. We were hardly close friends at the best. Do you believe I am holding back something? I don't know where the others are, if that is what you want, except Samuel, and you knew he'd taken Ilion for his kingdom before I could tell you. Grandel was an Erdoman for a time, but I expect she is gone now. She likes her comforts too well. I suspect Mogedian is, or was, in the west somewhere as well, but no one ever finds the spider unless she wants to be found. <laughs> Ravine, we know who he is, right? Mm -hmm. Ravine has a queen for one of his pets, but your guess is as good as mine as to what country she rules for him, and that is all I know that might locate them. And, of course, Rand has no idea. A queen, who cares? There's lots of queens. Oh, no, Rand. It's your girlfriend's mom. It's the queen. It's the, it's... Your queen, Rand. Your queen. See, and that kind of bugs me. I would feel like Rand would immediately think if Ravine has a queen... He'd worry about the one he, queen in his uh, memory. Yeah. I agree. And... I agree. And he knows enough about the world at this point to know that Morgase is probably the most powerful queen. Because Tyr... Uh, dead. Well, they, they don't have a king or queen. They have... Oh, they have... They have the High Lords yeah. who rule. Like, there's they rule jointly. Um, Ilian has a king. Kyrian doesn't have anything right now because Tom killed the king. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then all of the... Yeah. We, mm. So we know Saldea, uh, Saldea has a queen. And Andor has a queen, right? Okay. So that's, those are the queens we know of. So why wouldn't he automatically think, oh, I bet, I bet Ravine's in Camelot. And and maybe he did, and it just didn't go into it. I agree, yeah. though. I do agree with you. Where I was like, "Come on, Rand," and then nothing. So I was, I was trying to give him credit. Like, I guess there's a lot of queens in the world, but yeah, but he might not know history that well. But he knows who he, he's met Queen Morghese. Yeah, and he's dating her daughter. Well, I, like, I'm saying that's true. I'm just saying maybe he's assuming there's more queens in the world. I, I think know. at this point he's doing his best to like learn about the Forsaken. Well, the Forsaken, but also about like the the countries, because he's destined to rule the entire world, or at least that's what he thinks. Maybe. Natal goes on doom and gloom about the taint being the death of him, and the taint will be the death of Rand as well. And um, so he's he's actually very preoccupied to not be protected from the taint, which is an interesting thing the Dark One can do for them. Yeah, so their link with the Dark One, which was those yeah. which was those wires, right? Yep. Those black cables coming off of them, um, protected them from the taint of yep. Sidene. And now that that's gone, now he will eventually Succumb. go mad. 
and so and yeah, no, th- he's really melancholy about it. He's not. He's th- this is this is kind of a down part of the of the chapter. He's he's pretty yeah. depressed about this, and he talks. Do you did you write anything about the story he tells? Mm, probably not. Okay. No, where where are you at? I, I don't want to jump too oh, far ahead. Well, Rand then asks about Tarm and Gaiden, um, and Nat is just kind of switches to, well, remember that item you found that day in Ruridian? Obviously, the song girl with the man holding the sphere. Yep. And Rand just claims, I destroyed it. And I'm just like, quite an unlikely story, Rand. But, um, and I think we'll see them again with a girl channeling the other one, by the way, but Nat falls for it. Uh, so. Nat, okay. Yeah. So, did you want to describe him. his story, or I did not put it in? Because he's talking about how, yeah, he's he'd rather like. He he doesn't want Rand to lose at this point, right? Um, and and Rand asks him, then why not go ahead and end it? If there's no hope, no chance, not the smallest shred, then why are you still alive? And Asmodeen replies, <clears throat> I once saw a man hanging from a cliff. The brink was crumbling under his fingers, and the only thing near enough to grasp was a tuft of grass. A few long blades with roots barely clinging to the rock, the only chance he had of climbing back up on the cliff. So he grabbed it. He had to know that it would pull free, he chuckled. (laughs) And that's it. Did you save him? asked Rand, and Asmodian... All he does is he picks up his harp and starts playing the March of Death. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably me and I'm laughing. And, uh, it's, I it's, don't it's, think he saved it, him. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. But it's, it's, it, is it's, a good, it's a good, it is a good story for how he's describing how he feels. I am on the brink of death and there is no one to save me. Well, and it's, it's exactly. But it's also uh, like a fun way for Jordan to remind us if we start feeling like Asmodian is a sympathetic character. He's not. He's not. He's he's a horrible person. Like he he you know, Rand thinks about um like the things that made the the Forsaken turn you know yeah. go over to the Dark One. Like Damon Dread went over to the Dark One for envy, right? Because yeah. he was envious of Luce Theron. Um Asmodian went over because he liked the idea of being immortal and being able to be a part of music for his, for eternal, you know. Yep. For eternity. So. So, at this point, the maidens are waiting for Rand outside his door, and he meets them. Uh, we learn Jonda has given a bridal wreath to her Goshingaran. Yep. And he's Gerard. And she is Sherrod. I'm assuming blood feud? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and fiery short Anila, she's a new maiden we just met, is really angry about it. And Rand seems to be aware. He doesn't. He alludes just to readers. It's his own presence causing these marriages, like yep. back in the day. Yep, the Tavernus. So, but before he leaves the room completely, he does a special weave to lock in Nat again, emphasizing the importance of knowing his whereabouts. And with all this emphasis, Rand's destined to lose him eventually, and it's going to be a great plot line, right? No. I think so. Do you think he's going to escape? Uh, it, yeah. You think you think I don't think it would be escape? emphasized so much unless it was to make us shocked. Okay. <laughs> it happened. Not escape right now, but eventually. Um in the one book or another. 
Now we switch to Matt perspective. Yay. Yay. I love this perspective. This is fun. I I love being in Matt's head right now. He's singing totally drunk off Ooski. Ooski. On a dry fountain with the naked lady statues. Yeah. um, Unconsciously singing an oldie song from the Arthur Hawkwing days about Jackal Shadow. Literally an oldie because these are still flashbacks that aren't his own. Like, he didn't know this song. This is someone else's memory. He's reminding, remembering J- Jack Elshado. Can I sing it? I guess. I, this is one of my favorite songs. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls so they'll not cry and toss the dice until we fly to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll dance all night while the moon runs free then, and dandle the lasses upon our knee and then you'll ride along with me to dance with Jack of the Shadows. I love that. It's such a great song. It's pretty good. <laughs> and even better because we know he's drunk and just out of his mood. Eh, is he? Yeah, he is drunk. Okay. He keeps thinking to himself that he's acting a lot more drunk than he really is. Yeah, he's drunk. Okay. Um, and he's also playing a knife-throwing game. Um, while drunk with the workers and peddlers because he they're sick of his luck with cards. So. Yep, and there's also <laughs> Ielm in there. Still well. wins half the time. Yep, and he, I was just they won't dice with them. They won't play cards with them. So they've yeah. come up with this new game where they throw pieces of wood in the in the air, and he tries to hit him with <laughs> his knife. Funny, and I was just thinking, oh, he's pre gaming, and he's still blindfolded, can feel that luck. Yep. Um, yep. But then he starts talking old tongue and kind of freaks out the nearby Aiel, I felt. It was a little weird. Yep. Um, and also the Great. confirmation, he can barely separate all these memories in his head at this point. Yeah. He's having a really hard time with his memories right now. They're just everywhere. Then we see Maiden Melandra approach. Melandra. And she asks of his luck. She admires his winnings and he gives her a necklace and her telling him, I accept your offer. Oh, great. What did he just offer her? Is yeah. Is this the Rand Avienda thing again? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, did yeah. not just make a flirtation offer? It was just it's a I mean, cutesy moment. It's not a bad moment, but it's like, ah, oh, crap, Matt, what'd you do? It Well, it kind of seems, uh, I, th- I think we've gotten this name. It, it, if you give a woman, apparently, like... Jewelry. If you give somebody else a gift... Yeah. It is considered a regard gift, which means I'm basically telling you that I'm interested. That's basically what it is, and then it's up to the receiver of that gift to decide if they will allow their attention. You know what I mean? Which isn't a bad way to like show that you're interested in somebody as long as everybody knows the rules, right? Yeah, and I, um, I, I wonder... Granted, I've read a little further, of course, because we're going through a few more chapters. But um, I wonder if it was fortuitous that drunk Matt, you know, gave her this, if this was going to be a good partnership. Then I laughed at something. I wonder where it is. There's just a quote from Matt. Oh, here it is. That was the trouble with Maidens of the Spear. Sometimes it was hard to tell whether they wanted to dance with you, kiss you, or kill you. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And he's like, I mean, all women are, you know, dangerous, but 
Mains of the Spear are, dev- are, are a lot more because they actually know how to kill a man. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just want to kill a man. <laughs> it's just funny. Oh, I, yeah. I, I love being in Matt's head. And this is a very brief moment that we get in his head, but I, it's, it's enjoyable. Then Matt calls for Rand, but needs to say, because Rand is ignoring him, he's like, lose, buddy. And Rand turns around when Matt yeah. says lose. Yeah, he, he calls Rand at least twice, maybe three times. Rand, and Rand. even the even the maidens lose. are looking back and wondering why Rand's not answering. And then he says, lose, Theron. That is, I think they're both a little creeped out, too. They yeah. don't really acknowledge it, per se. Well, it's, it's almost like, like Rand doesn't realize that that's what happened. I but know. Matt's creeped out by it. So then, like bloody ashes. Matt mentions, I might go with the peddlers eventually, kind of asking permission to leave. And Rand just does the simple answer of the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. As well as a vehement, don't trust Kadir. Well, who the fuck trusts Kadir? I still don't. Matt's like, I'm not gonna, I won't. I'm Um, smarter than that. And then Melinda finishes flirting with Matt. She, she is not the daughter of the nine moons. It was my thought too, and Matt asked directly. Good job, Matt. Yeah, she's he's not. He's like, does the daughter of the nine moons mean anything to you? And she's like, uh, no, no. But there are certain things I like doing under moonlight. Ooh. I know. And, and she, she makes it super clear. Well, I won't be your wife, but I do like naughty things. And she, she, uh, um. She had collected all of his jewelry, or like all of his winnings for him. Oh, yeah, because like, this is such a trustworthy place. Like no one or on Jito, yeah, no one's gonna steal your stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, um, exactly. Well, like, and then they talk yeah. about how like one of the one of the peddlers' guards got caught stealing, and he was stripped to the bone, like stripped naked. Yeah, and then given like whipped a bunch, and then given one uh, one bag like of bag of water to get to the dragon wall i was like yeah you're dead <laughs> you're like you have no chance of making it out of here alive Ugh. but uh yeah they're pretty harsh um so is that that's that's what i had for this chapter is just Marinda, who is older than him but she also made it clear yeah i won't be your wifey but let's go hang out yeah like, she's wait. she's she's nudge nudge yeah she's cool with a little bit of and does it in this chapter say what clan she is or do so so she introduces herself as Melindra, a maiden of the spear, you know, oh, okay. a, a member of Fardar's Mai. She does okay. not give clan or sept, Got which it. makes Matt think that she is a Shido. She's one of the Shido maidens that came over. Which kind of made me think, like, should you not trust her? But I, I just like you said, the maidens are the maidens too. The the, the, the society is. It to some people the society is stronger than clan. Yeah. Which is Which I would kinda of feel, especially amongst most most of the women. Clearly not Savannah, that dick. Uh, but she Savannah's not a maiden, is she? She's just No, like, Savannah's not nope. She she's so, she, she was married to the previous clan chief. Yeah. He died. So then she married the guy that she expected to take his place. He, he died. died. So then she married his younger brother. Who is a fake, and she wasn't pleased with that. By no, the way. no, she no. believed him she, until she, she realized it she, wasn't. True. She wants to be married to the Kara Khan. She wants to be married okay. to the chief of chiefs. Goals, so yeah. So anyways, um, all right. Moving on to chapter four. Chapter oh. four, Twilight. So Rand leaves with his far Darasmai guard to the roof of the maidens. 
So he just left the clan's chief meeting to the roof of the maidens. And no Aimeo men can enter except Gushen and Rand. Yeah. <laughs> so basically the women have adopted him more or less and treat him like a brother or son. And it, it turns out he originally chose the building for himself as headquarters. And then they just moved in automatically. It's like he woke up the next day and there's yep. all these ladies. Because um, they're his guard. They can do that. Yep. And now, they carry his honor. It almost makes me like, isn't it dishonor then that you're allowed to enter the roof of the maidens? I mean, we know why, but it's funny. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but they allow him because... And honestly, it's probably because they don't want him sneaking off without... A guard, right? Oh, keep it's close to their him. guard. So anyway, they'll move anywhere he goes, um, consent or no consent. There's some RJ humor as Rand thinks about how many floors he has left to keep moving up for personal privacy because as more maidens move in, he has to keep moving up floors. Yep, because the deal that they made was that he will... Uh, he gets they a can't, floor He alone. gets a floor by himself. All right, so Avienda delivers him some blankets. It's cold, by the way. Remember, we're still in the waist, and it's uh, cold at night. Yep. Rand notices she wears a new necklace. He feels a bit jealous. He's a little jelly. A little jelly. Um, calls her out. You've been away so long with the wise ones. And she reveals, yeah, they're not pleased with me that I had told you we watch your dreams, which I guess she did. He kind of uh, alluded. He, he figured, figured it, out. it out. He figured it out. And it's, she just owned it, basically. She blames herself. Yeah. She believes that she gave him the, the roadmap. And he's like, no, they told me themselves that they could talk to people in dreams. It was just a step more to figure out that they could watch people's dreams. And this was apparently Rand's first lesson with Asmodian was, you will help me guard my dreams. And it's working. Yep. So the wise ones are not happy with this new trick of his, right? They no, can't see anymore. Um, anyway, he's like, well, I missed you around, and I picked flowers for you, buddy. And I just I just put question marks. Hmm. He's picking flowers for Avienda because he misses her? Yeah, he, yeah. He really sucks at girls. I'm like, that is clear flirting. He's, he's, he, so he's been picking flowers, and then because he doesn't want to disturb her among the wise ones, he's been... That was her punishment, by the he, way, was stick with the wise ones yeah. in her lessons. He's been uh, uh, having the maidens, you know, get them to Avianda. And rather yeah. than having the guy shine take them, the maidens are taking them themselves. So, of course, the maidens so, are seeing all these flowers back and forth. The maidens, it, it, so, it obviously seems like the maidens are totally cool with Avianda being the wife of the Kari Khan one day. That's kind of what they're, you know what I mean? That, that's that's how Jito works. Yep. Jito. So Avienda presents a gift to Rand to cancel the ivory bracelet he gave her. It's a really cool dragon belt buckle. Yep. Um, but you should read all about it, bottom of 126 into 127. Because he's basically like, I, I, we don't have any debt. Like, you don't have any debt to me. And... She says, if you will not take it against my debt, then throw it away. I will find something else to repay you. It is only a trinket. Hardly a trinket. You must have had this made. Do not think that means anything, Randall Thor. When I gave up the spear, my spears, my knife, unconsciously her hand brushed her belt where that long-bladed knife used to hang. 
Even the points of my arrows were taken from me and handed to a smith to make simple things to give away. Most I gave to friends, but the wise ones had me name the three men and the three women I most hate. I was told to give each of them a gift made from my weapons with my own hands. Bear says it teaches humility. So you will not think that it means nothing. Or that, sorry, that it means anything. Jesus Christ. And he's just like, OMG, am I one of the people you yeah. hate? Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, and, and she's like, yeah, bud, take it. So it's canceled. And, and he's so disappointed in this scene that she just won't be his friend. Yeah. And I'm like, buddy, she is head over heels for you. This is that 10 things I hate about you moment. Yeah. Where, um... Kat is reading to her class, you know, I hate the way you walk, I hate the way you smile, I hate the way I don't hate you a bit, not even at all. Like, that is what Avianda was telling Rand, yeah. he just didn't listen. <laughs> Isn't that hard? I love that movie. We need to get Heath Ledger back. Oh my god, Come that's this is the saddest thing you've ever said. It was the saddest uh, thing that ever happened yeah. in my uh, senior year of college. Okay. Typical emphasis on Elaine being the only woman for Rand's eyes. Then Rand saying, look, Avienda, I'm not promised to anyone. Yeah, he's actually kind of pissed. He's like, she doesn't Stop fucking it. own me. And in all fair, I mean, he's doing a great, this is great cultural submersion where it's always go along with the Aiel. The Aiel have their own culture. They get to practice polygamy, yep. whatever. But I think it is fair to also be able to stand your ground on your home culture too. Yeah. And say, I don't follow your rules. Yeah. Like, That's, it would make sense in their culture, but Elaine is from his. So, it's kind of that collective, we don't follow your rules. Right? Yep. So. Exactly. Anyway. Not that Avianda cares. Oh, yeah, no. Avianda is extremely stubborn. But, yeah, no. Matt's, uh, or Rand's just like, this is ridiculous. We, we've made out a couple times. You know, I, I hung out with her for three days in the stone. I guess it like, depends this, who you I, asked then. He did kiss her. Like Maybe this, united for life. I I get that like Egwene because that's one thing we skipped over in the first chapter that we covered when Egwene was leaving. She was like, Elaine loves you, and he's like, I don't really. Where did you get that from? She writes me one letter yeah. saying that she loved me, and then the next letter saying that she never wanted to see me again. Yeah. And she fucking hates me. So and this this scene kind of. Um... Rand continues just saying, like, my goal right now is uniting all of the Aiel, kind of, again, emphasizing part of the prophecy. And this is where I made a note. I think this Aiel unification is going to happen naturally without him forcing it. He's trying too hard to force this unification. It's going to be some extreme situation, like a trollic attack or who knows what, and they automatically get together. So that was my thoughts about him saying, I have to unite the Aiel. It's going to happen, right? Yeah. Quit making it. Okay. That's so, so you think that they're just going to come naturally? I think it'll be natural. I don't think he can force it. Okay. And maybe the Shido will be part of it. Just saying it's in the prophecy. No. Okay. Okay. But you can't force that stuff. Okay. That's, I, I love it. Then things get intense. Fucking Cassandra pops in with a midnight snack for Rand. And I didn't understand for She's totally naked, but for jewelry on she's every wearing... wrist and ankle and yep. neck. And Avienda is not happy. And I was like, me either. She's being a hussy. But then we quickly learn. Um, she's, yep. This is her punishment for stealing. She has to be naked and wear all the jewelry. <laughs> all the jewelry that she stole is the only thing she gets to wear. 
And she basically has to be a servant. And they call her... Uh, sorta. Yeah, sorta. I and that. I'm trying to. It means rat. It it and not not just a rat. A rat. It was rat. a specific type of rat that but, cats wouldn't even yeah. eat. And I consider it slut. <laughs> anyway, and and the oh, point of that boy. is, um, it turns out, Isander came unbidden, and it, that is a no no. It kind of pieces this together, but Asandra came unbidden, and we get bits and pieces later, but she's done this before, to come unbidden, and she's been punished before. So, so that's why Avienda is really angry. She's yeah. just like, quit coming and trying to sleep with Rand. Yeah. No, she's... she's and Rand uh, is embarrassed, just for the record. He's trying to, like, avert his eyes, but what do you look at? Well, yeah, right? He's like, what is going on? I don't want to... I, I don't want to be forced to, you know... Yeah. This is very uncomfortable, and he's surprised that she's tried, I think they say seven times? Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And then we also get a little history. So Rand had refused for Asendra to be sent through the desert as punishment, and he notes, once I killed a woman, not that he says it to Avienda, he thinks this, I yeah. killed a woman once, never want to do it again. Is that confirmation from the second book when he killed the traveling lady? And she, did she really deserve to be beheaded? Or is he thinking, is there another woman I'm missing? Uh, no, that's, that's, that's the one. All right. I so believe she was. that that's the one. I mean, he says, I didn't want to do it, had to do it. So it, she it, was it, a dark friend. Okay. He, be, he believes that she was a dark friend, yes. Got it. Okay. And why don't you go ahead and read the top of page 130? Because I, all I wrote was, well, that's another fuck. <laughs> so he's talking about how uh, all the merch, well... Kadir and probably most of the merchant's men, if not all, were dark friends. And he could not expose them. So that's basically what it is. Admodian had come from come into the waste with the merchant's wagons too. Just another dark friend, so far as Kadir and the others knew. Though one with authority. No doubt they thought he had taken service with the dragon reborn on orders from some still higher power to keep his teacher to keep more rain from trying to kill both of them very probably... And Rand had to keep their secret. Yeah, so it's just like, this is a really bad deal. But now, and it, he's hinted at it the whole time. I mean, I figured Kadir is bad news for sure. Yeah. But I didn't know all the peddlers. And he's thinking, no, all the peddlers it, it, are dark friends. At least it's, most of them, yeah. And definitely. that would make perfect sense, by the way. So then, now we have another like, oh shoot, what are you guys cooking up? What storm is coming? Anywho. Um... Then Asendra is shooed out for having tried to lurk Rand into bed for the seventh time. Yeah. Avienda takes the time to just yell at him all about it. And all I had to say is I'm really thankful Rand was had the right mind to not drink anything Asendra brought to him. Definitely poisoned. Yeah. Oh, that was you my think? thought. Yeah. Okay. Some way, shape, or form. Okay. Date rape job, but but I think he's she she would poison him. Okay. And then could you read the top of page one thirty two? Sticking one, one hand under his coat, he fingered the half-healed scar on his side. That wound, the one that Moraine could never completely heal, was what would kill him eventually. He was sure of it. His blood on the rocks of Shail Gol, that was what the prophecy said. He's foretelling his death. Seems legit to me. This yep. is another, I'm like, eh, it's in the prophecy, you're gonna yep. die. Now, yep. he could be like Matt and come back. We don't know for sure. Okay. Who knows? That's, that's, yeah. that's, I, I, so, okay, but you're, you're pretty sure Rand's gonna die? By the wound on the side, yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. 
All right. And at last, sleep comes, and with it, the confirmation of the three women swirling in his mind. Min, Elaine, and Avienda. Uh, Boom. Min's prophecy from book one. Avienda's, so Avienda's the, the third? third. Okay. It is not a Sundra. It is not Lanfear. Thank God. It's never a Gleen. Yeah, never a Gleen. And I could or still be wrong, but to me, I'm like, at this point, he's flirting with Avienda. He had flirted with Elaine, and Min was a special, like, he has a warm place in his heart because she's never been rude to him. Yeah, like, exactly. Like how the other women mess with him. She's naturally rude in her own Min way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's where we're going to stop today. So, All right. right. This was a lot more about setup, but yeah. it's... It's, Interesting. It's, it, they're really good chapters to read, but like I said, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of recap. It's a lot of yeah. I skipped over a lot of yeah. names for that reason. No. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. now that brings us. Yeah. Fuck Mary Kill that I didn't write down. So. All right. Hmm. Um, I think I can go. You go. I really want to have a threesome with Bale and Jaron. Wow. Because I want to bring them together and get them out of this blood feud. <laughs> so those are the two that I'm fucking. Um, I will... God, Mary's tough on this one. You uh, No. I will marry Moraine because she's trying her best. She had a lot more patience despite that switch. I know I know what it's like. Well, and honestly, sometimes I think Rand might deserve it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't believe in, you know, punishing a child in that way. But, and then I will kill... There's really anybody I hate. I know it was. was You know, I, I think I'll kill Avianda. Okay. Just because she's not communicating well, and she's and she's just kind of she's yeah yeah, and she's just being so horrible to Asundra. Yeah, yeah, and she's not like admitting her feelings, and I know those aren't great reasons to kill, but. There weren't a lot of great options in this chapter. No, no, I, I would actually agree. I'm not thrilled with anything I'm really choosing right now. Like, but, killing Asendra yeah. would be, you know, almost merciful, so it kind of defeats yeah. the purpose of killing. I'm gonna, well, I'll start with fuck, just because it's funny. The maidens who actually made up the rule in the first place about Asendra having to be naked but for the duty <laughs> herself. Um, the irony it's not cool she has to be naked like can you imagine the sunburns and stuff oh yeah but she's gotta be uncomfortable the jewelry to say like you stole it you wear it that there yeah. is yeah it's funny the, it's, it's, it's inappropriate it's, and funny it, it's 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 a uh, a type of punishment that is entertaining right it's it's like you stole from us and now we're just gonna humiliate you yeah. yeah, I don't know if I have a good Mary. I'm going to just probably have to make one up. I mean... I, I think I'm going to... One of my options for Mary was Bruon. He was the clan chief who was very gentle, and he was as much, if not more, in Rand's camp than Ruark, but mm-hmm. he didn't know Rand Althor. He was just dedicated to the 
Karkarn. He was the one that was kind of, you know, he was the one that mentioned that, like, I mean, we can't, we can't call these Aiel who are throwing down the spear and, and, you know, being taken away by the, uh, by the bleakness, we can't call them cowards if we're not willing to call the men that enter Ruidian and, and don't make it out cowards. That was Bruwan. So that was one of my options for a Mary. He seems like a pretty cool guy. I, I see, and I'm struggling, and I'll, I'll say, I was going to say this about the TV show. I think a lot of my Marys are just extra fucks because I wouldn't actually marry them, but it's, so this is one of those <laughs> where I'm like, this is more of a secondary fuck than a Mary because I just don't know her, but Melindra. Okay. Because she's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's, I, 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 I like it. doing naughty things under moonlight or yeah. under the moon. <laughs> I had a girlfriend that actually reminds me a lot, like, like back when I was like 17, she taught me a lot about things. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. She was more experienced than me and she taught me a lot of quality, you know, yeah. gave me a lot of quality knowledge. So So that and that whenever I read Melindra, that's who I think of. Okay. <laughs> well, I kill is another it's just who yeah, there wasn't a horrible, horrible person. I guess I'll kill the Natel who didn't rescue the poor guy. There you go. I was gonna say Asmodian. Down, yeah. Um the the cliff. Yep. No, and I I don't think it's ever bad to kill a Forsaken. No. Um, did we want to do one for the TV show? We haven't talked about the TV show we at all. So what did you think it. about it? Episode five. It was okay. It was a setup to me. That was a, like one of those when you're in a trilogy, you get to that middle movie that's just setting you up for a big end. And I feel like this we're hitting that middle spot now of got to keep setting more things up. Um, wasn't in love with it, and of course my buddy stepping. Yeah, I, that was bloody. rough. That was rough. That was rough. There were some there were some editing issues I had with it. I was immediately underwhelmed by Loyal, and then immediately, okay, immediately I like as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh man, I that's not what I pictured. And then he talked. Yeah. And then and then the actor Ahmad, I can't I can't pronounce his last name, but he. Uh, he started talking and he he was loyal. He was oh, perfect. Sure. And I was and like, he was oh, talking yeah. in the background as yeah. they kept talking. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was yep. it was. But uh but um I hear what you're saying. It was it that was... feeling in Harry Potter for those of us who are fans with Hagrid when, you know, it starts out he's ginormous just like the book and then as the movies go on he's just a tall guy. Yeah. And it's like he's but and even um even the Lord of the Rings did it for a bit. They really tried to make the hobbits tiny, and it just in the end they were just yeah, no, they just do the best they yeah, can. Yeah. Like and they it, were doing a lot fine. of like camera tricks rather yeah. than you know, um but uh but um no I, I'm it, trying to think of what else I mean, I think I have a fuck Mary kill for this one. So if you, so so I, I I watched it a second time, oh. and I noticed something. <gasps> And then, of course, I've I've watched other content creators covering the episode, and there's oh. more things they've noticed. Well, but, don't ruin all for me. I'm, well, no, but but I like you, being fresh. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna like if you ever decide to go back and rewatch any of these episodes. I I know for sure in this episode five, mm-hmm. whenever you hear that whistle that we heard right before we met Fane. Mm-hmm. There's a very high probability that Fane is going to be somewhere oh, in the background. Okay. And, and I saw it for Fane the first the time. Did you see him? Oh, yeah. Okay, I okay. I thought it was obvious. 
Oh, I, I, it, I didn't see it on my first watch. Oh. I saw it on my second. I, I, granted, I watched it very late Thursday night. I was almost falling asleep, so. No, it but, was, I would say for anyone watching, they saw him. Okay. It, it, it paused on him for quite some time. But there were, there were two shots of him prior to that. And I can't. I was. I was yeah. admittedly distracted with other oh, things. Oh yeah. No. No. And I, and I still haven't I'm seen. I'm doing my best. No. No. I only know that they're but, there. Uh, but anyways, no. It was a good episode. It was fun. It, it was. It, it, it was okay episode. There. There was a lot of setup, and they. they yeah. read I think what they were really doing because most most of the episode based was kind of based around this character that we don't know in the books, right? Correct. And, and then it showed a funeral scene that I'm like, I'm not sure we've talked about funeral scenes in this book. I mean, it, it, it was it was endearing. So what it was doing was setting up the warder, the, the seriousness of the yeah. warder okay. bond and how, how, how precious that is. Which is um, described in the book, so they had yeah. to show it. Yeah. But it did feel, I felt... There's kind of things. forced almost, right? Yeah. Like, I would have liked to see a little bit more... Uh, like, I would have liked to see more Loyal. I would have liked to see a little bit more with Perrin because Perrin and Aguin, that Yeah, that, that, oh. see, that's one of my favorite parts in the first Eye of the World that they had to change, but that was, like, the chapter I loved was the Warder's love story that we're not going to get. I so, mean, we're kind of getting that, well, but I, I was talking about, oh, when, when they rescue him? Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. But, so, but that leads into my fuck, Mary kills. Okay. Gotta fuck Isla. She okay. is way more cool. of a leader than Rain in the movies. And yep. they are, by the way, Rastafari, if we haven't highlighted that. They're great. I love them. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yep. Um, very peaceful. And actually, you know, I, it could have even been Aram because he's really chill. Yeah. He is not the I dick like, from the books. I like he him a lot more. In the TV show, someone I'd want to yeah. be friends with. Yeah, yeah, he's he, um, he's somebody. He, but Isla, he's, yeah, he's the type of people I hung out with when I was a teenager. Definitely, is a beast. She yeah. just linked arms, yeah. and that way they link arms, and she got beat up for it. But what do you do? Yeah, no, she she was badass. Yeah, I did say Mary for Loyal just because I actually thought he he hit it. Yeah, no, he did I mean, great. Yeah, did they great. can't do anything about his side. Like you can't unless it was a cartoon. But um, his voice and the things he... And then... And I love this... Ah, uh, hasty humans. Yeah. And then he comes upon random Matt later. I found the girl you've been looking for. Like, they went on their own thing. And here he... They, they, they start he talking. He listening. And, and he found exactly who. Because he knew by her braid. And, he, and it's funny because he uh, keeps talking about how he recognized the yeah. braid. So, While they're having the reunion, it's hilarious. Yeah, uh, so I, I gave it to Loyal actually, okay. and then kill. I, I have one and a half. Um, really, whoever cut out Elias, I'm waiting for Elias Matera. I love Elias Matera. Whoever cut him, I'm killing. Okay. Now, if I need to do a character, I'd obviously chose that questioner, Dickhead. I'm involved. Yeah. Yep. Your turn. So I will say that. Uh, the guy who's playing Iman Valda, mm-hmm. um, and I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but uh, he is Solis. His last name is Solis. Um, I think that he's my favorite actor in the show so far. Uh, he's, he's doing an excellent he's job. He's doing an excellent okay. job of that character. Now I need to interject. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's good that no. you killed him because he's a horrible, no, horrible no, no, no. character. I'm going back to describing the show. There's a scene where they're really rough with um, Eguine and forcibly showering her. Yeah. 
but the desperate, tired, sore, pregnant woman in me is like, that looks so nice. <laughs> if it was with consent and gentle, I would love yeah. to be thoroughly cleaned right now by another person because like my body is so different. I can't like yeah. do what I can typically do. And so I'm, I was watching it and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to feel really bad for her. Like it's not a rape scene at all, but it is it's, without consent. It, yeah. But I was just like, oh, that would feel so good. It's 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 And then taking, I'm watching her yep. and I'm just like, but you look so clean. That's literally where my mind was going. <laughs> I know. No, that's, that's, I took it, it the I, wrong it, way. It, 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 I mean, it's a fantasy TV show, right? Yeah. Like, it was it's, violence it's, and it, it was it, a total it, witch hunt. It, yeah. Oh, it was it, disgusting. Yeah. He did a great job. job. Like, yes. like, I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, the guy who's playing Loyal is my favorite actor. And I'm not there yet. I'm loving what he's doing with Loyal. Yeah. But... As far as I'm concerned, right now, the best actor on the show is the guy who's playing Eamon Valda. Okay. Oh my God, he's scary as hell. Yeah. Um, and I and I love it. And I'm 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 just like I was worried that they were gonna kill him there, but then you see him moving at the end. Yeah. So, anyways, I'll go ahead and do my quick fuck Mary kills for the TV show for episode five. I will uh, since you married him, then I will just have to fuck Loyal. <laughs> um, oh, hasty human. Uh, I will marry, I will marry Daniel Henney. Which one's that? Lan. Oh, Lan, of course. But. Always a good choice. But, Always. I mean, I love Lan, but I will marry Daniel Henney. Oh, I see. <laughs> that guy is fucking amazing. He is such a good actor and he's like, the, like the, the chest pounding yeah, scene. Oh, he, cool. oh my God. Um, and then, I mean, come on. I'm I'm killing that bitch who likes to wear reds and says persimmons in a really creepy way. Leandra? Leandra. She was weird. Yeah. But yeah. again, she's not she's still not the Leandra in, in my head. She's not the Leandra from the books. You're not you're No, not... she wouldn't condescend to talk to a uh naive. She would never condescend to talk to an yeah. outsider. Yeah. I'm still bothered by... She's described as a doll, and that is just, in my mind, poisonous because it looks so sweet on the outside when it's just this yeah. poison. And whereas she's like, you're obviously evil. I yeah. look at you and I see yeah. evil yeah. in your eyes and face and hair. Persimmons. No, she but, would never condescend to talk to an outsider. No, nope, I agree. I agree. Like that scene when she very first approaches uh, Nynaeve in episode yeah. four, and Nynaeve's like, well, I think I'll be asking the questions... Leandrin from the books, that would not happen. Chopped her head off. That would possibly. not happen. Possibly. That would that would not have happened. Yeah. Period. So Nynaeve might have tried, and Leandrin would have like put her in her place so fucking quick. So, anyways, um, yeah, yeah, great. Um, next episode, we'll be covering at least three chapters. Yeah, yeah, that's probably maybe four. Be maybe four. About it. All, All right. right. Till then, everyone be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glee Man's Apprentice. The Glee Man's Apprentice is available on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Our theme song is written by Twitch Avery and performed by Andrew Bard of Time.